Please take your Bibles now. Turn to Luke chapter 14, and we'll stand as we read the Word of God together. Is that a little better right there? Get it a little closer in? All right. We're in Luke chapter 14 this morning, and this is a not a typical... Sunday morning message that I'm going to bring today, but this is for all of us, uh, and I do mean literally for all of us. This is for me. I'll be preaching to myself today and uh, preaching to you also. We're in Luke chapter 14. We're going to be reading verses 25 through 33, and I'll ask that we stand together for the reading of God's Word. We'll read this responsively. Luke chapter 14, verse 25. And there went great multitudes with him. And he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first, and counteth the cost, whether he be have sufficient to finish it, lest haply, after he hath laid the foundation, and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build, and was not able to finish. Or what king, going to make war against another king, sitteth not down first, and consulteth whether he be able with ten thousand to meet him that cometh against him with twenty thousand, or else while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassage and desireth conditions of peace. So likewise, whosoever he be of all you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. And I'll read that again because I said it wrong. Whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. So we're going to speak of disciples this morning. Father, we pray that you would help us to see the importance of a disciple being one of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll receive this and help us learn uh, about ourselves about life and how we can improve and how we can give glory unto Thee. And we ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Disciple. You know, a disciple means a pupil, a learner. Someone says they're a disciple in a certain field and they they learn nothing about that field. They are not a disciple. It comes from the word mathetes. Which means, uh, basically, we get our modern word mathematics from that word. And what does that mean? It's rigorously exact. You know, mathematics have to be exact, have to be perfect, precise, accurate. You know, you work through equations to reach uh, an answer or receive a desired goal. And so the Bible calls Jesus' disciples disciples you know his followers this he called them my disciples 
And when I looked at this, I thought, this is so amazing. Did you know it's a fallacy to use that term about any other type of people than except the followers of Jesus Christ? To say I'm a disciple of Confucius. No, you're not. You're adhering to his ways and following him. You're not a disciple. A disciple is reserved only for those who follow Jesus Christ. Say, somebody who's foolish enough to say, I'm a disciple of Karl Marx. No, they're not. They got duped. They got duped and, and deceived into following this man, but they're not disciples. A disciple is a disciplined learner of Jesus Christ. That's what it is. I'm disciplined. I'm determined. I'm committed. Like we said, this, we read it. This man, he tried to build him a house. Didn't have... Enough money to finish the job. He wasn't determined to the end. And, and, you know, we're determined to follow Jesus Christ until death. But that's not, our, that's not the message today. You know, when you look, and I want to say something else. Discipleship, it's only found in the New Testament. Not in the Old. It's not found in any other field. They use that term erroneously. A disciple of Jesus Christ is a select group of people. You're one of those if you believe and follow Him. So it's a great... And so, well, we have a discipline. You know what discipline is? It's developing of character, self-control to order your life with efficiency. That is what discipline is. So these are defining traits of one who follows Christ. They're going to order their life around Him. They are going to develop their character through Him and serving Him. And they're going to become efficient in what they do for Him. But let's put it in very simple, clear terms this morning. Now, discipline. Having, I'll say it very simply, because I'm a very simple man. Okay? Having the self-control to choose the hard right over the easy wrong. That's discipline. I'm choosing that, the hard right, boy, it's hard, but I'm going to do it, versus the easy wrong, you know. So if you took your life and you zoomed in on specific instances, small areas of your life where you look in there and say, did I exhibit discipline in that one? Well, there was cookies on the table and there was vegetables on the table. Do I take the hard right? Or the easy wrong. Do I eat the vegetables or the cookies? And you know me, what I did. I gave in. I ate the vegetables. <laughs> no discipline. Hard right versus the easy wrong. Should I watch more TV? Or should I work harder? Should I sit on the couch? Or should I go Study harder. And by the way, not many people sit on the couch. What do you? If you're going to sit on the couch, not and it won't take too long. You'll be doing something else on the couch. You'll be sprawled out laying on the couch. Hey, that sounds better. All right. Should I exercise today, or should I slack and relax? Now we get a little bit of a. Jesus wants his disciples. 
to see the big, big picture of life, all right? Not small episodes. So here we go. If, so that's if you zoomed in. You know, we can go, did I exhibit discipline here or did I not? Did I choose right in this occasion or did I not? But if you zoom back out and look at your life, you would, say, you would look, am I a disciplined man or woman or, or am I not? Something becomes clear to me, you know, and so I thought about this. It's not episodes or little increments of difficulty and hardness versus easiness. It's basically what you're deciding is I'm choosing which hard there is. There is no easy way. No such thing as an easy way. I'm telling you, there's not. You either choose this hard or you choose that hard. There's no easy way. None whatsoever. So the only true option is choosing which hard you want to take. All right? Uh, let me explain. If you eat junk food versus exercising, you know, eating the junk food seems like the easy way out, does it not? I mean, some people despise, you know, the snacks and the junk food, but some people, we love it. <laughs> if the more I eat of it, though, we find, oh, this is the easy way. I can just eat that. But the more we eat of it, we find ourselves enslaved to some things and life becomes a lot harder because we chose the easy way. So I chose the easy hard instead of the disciplined hard and they, be, they bring a different effect. Both are hard though, by the way. The hard just comes afterwards. You feel bad. You have regret. Hey, I don't think I've ever uh, eaten sweets and really, like, later on in the day said, I'm so glad I ate that. <laughs> Man, I'm glad I ate that. I should have had more. No, what do we do? We eat it, and then we go, why did I do it? Why did I do that again? The hard comes after. Why? Now you're unhealthy. Now you can't move freely. You've, now you're upset with yourself. Now you're having to live because you chose the easy way over the hard way. You know, we do know that uh, stringent exercise is hard. I haven't been doing much of it lately. And I can make excuses, but they don't wash. Hey, it's very hard to exercise, but being unhealthy is just as hard. It's actually worse. And unhappy about it. Is much worse. Working hard and working late on whatever it is, a new job, new business, whatever you're doing, you're working hard. That's difficult. But when, you know, people who live in disappointment because they didn't work hard to follow their dreams, they live in regret. That's even worse. That's even harder. But you got to pick which hard that you want. Studying for school and trying to do your best and learning, you know, doing your best on a, in school in a test is hard. It's a lot harder, though, if you don't pass. And you have to deal with either doing it again or you just become a quitter. Hey, let's, let's, let's do something here. Let's turn to the book of Proverbs and look at some examples here. I learned some things in my uh, studies I learned some things this week. 
You know, the Bible talks about the slothful man, but then he talks, calls him the sluggard. So the sluggard is a slothful man. Right? And he's a slacker. That's the word. They're a slacker. You know what a slothful, a sluggard is? It's, it, I looked it up. It's the leaner. You know how some people, and hey, I've been guilty, standing around, you got to find a wall to lean on, you know? You can't just stand here and have a conversation. Yeah, oh, and then after a while, that's not good enough, you find a chair to sit in. Did you know that's what it means to be the slothful man? Finding a way, you know, so other people are moving, other people are diligent, other people are plenteous, like the Bible says. We're leaning. You know, you can't get a lot done when you're leaning on something. But let's look at this. Proverbs 20. I told you this one's different. Proverbs 20, verse 4. The sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold. Therefore, shall he beg and harvest and have nothing. Do you see that the, 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 uh, there's two hearts here. He thought it was easy. Oh, it's too, it's too cold to go out to work today. It's just too, no, I don't think I'm going to put forth the effort. But a farmer who won't go out and do his job when the weather's cold, what does it say? He's going to have a harder end, isn't he not? He's going to be begging when the harvest comes. He's not going to have a benefit. He's going to be begging from it. So allowing comfort and ease to dictate your life, you say, <laughs> I'm living it up. No, you're not. You know why? You're going to end up in shame, loss, and poverty. Because you chose another. You thought was the easy way, not the disciplined way. You know, the Bible says, He that observeth the clouds shall not sow. Boy, that was me for a while. I was looking for a rain cloud to go by. I'd actually be looking up going, hey, that one might have a little water in it. Give me an excuse to not go to work today. Or, or it, you, you look and you see a bunch of clouds coming in, you say, it's going to rain today. Well, it hadn't rained yet. But you, the clouds deceive me all the time. I think I'm going to get rain that day. I don't get it. So I sit at home, and by the end of the day, I observed the clouds. I didn't go to work. Now I'm mad at myself. I wasted a day. Now i got to get caught up down the line somewhere because I wasted a day observing something that didn't even happen and looking for something. Turn over to chapter 12. So you see, it's not the hard versus the easy. It's which hard are we going to pick? Which hard are we going to choose? Look at chapter 12 and verse 24. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule but the slothful shall be under tribute. It's the diligent ones that end up being in charge. The diligent one keeps himself moving when it's time to move and does not make excuses for not moving. He keeps working. So he finds himself work, uh, ruling when other people are way behind. And like I said, the sluggard finds a good reason not to go. Listen to this verse, Proverbs 26, 16. The sluggard is wiser in his own conceit than seven men that can render a reason. He always has an excuse for why he's not going to get anything done. But the problem is he didn't get anything done. He finds himself way behind. 
He lives in perpetual regret. There's not a worse form of life than living in regret. We know that. Hey, thank the Lord that the grace of God is sufficient to all things, that God will even cleanse you of all the, the regret and take it away from you. But you've got to learn to live beyond it. You've got to learn to choose the right, the right heart. Look at chapter 10 of Proverbs. He becometh poor that dealeth with the slack hand. Do you see that? If you approach life easy, you're going to become poor. You're going to be in need. You're going to be want, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. God said these things. Diligence, you know what diligence does? It overcomes the easy wrong. You don't get to do it. You, don't even, you know, a diligent person doesn't even really make that an option for themselves anymore because they know <laughs> the end's not going to be good for me. Diligent, it overcomes the easy wrong and it brings a very rich life and an enriched life on top of that. How amazing is this? Turn to chapter 21. We'll just look at a few more since we're here. Chapter 21 of Proverbs, and look at verse 25. He says, The desire of the slothful killeth him. He wants it. He just can't go out and get it because he chooses the easy life. So the, what does it say in verse 25? The desire of the slothful killeth him, for his hands refuse to labor. Boy, don't, the, the desire's there. Just the diligence isn't there to get it done. And, and they, it's sad they slack. You know, I want to say something. Labor's a very hard, tough word. We don't like that word. Man, I labored hard today. Or, if I do this, it's going to cost me a lot of labor. But you know what? It's a very liberating word. You never got anywhere in life without that word, labor. You won't get anywhere without it. You won't accomplish anything. You know, looking out on the other end, after you suffered and did the work, you look back. You say, look at the, look, look what God did through me because I wasn't a sluggard. And because I was diligent in my way. Look at chapter 22. Now, this is interesting. Look at chapter 22, verse 13. The slothful man saith, there's a lion without. I shall be slain in the streets. Now this is sad. Here's a person who will not venture outside of their house. They're afraid they're going to get hurt. They're afraid somebody's going to get them. Well, in their case, a lion's out in the streets. I'm going to get eaten by a lion. They've deceived themselves into thinking if I go out and I, whatever, risk if I live. It's not going to work. Well, they sit at home, desire to have, and have nothing. They sit at home, desire to have, and while they're desiring to have, they're sitting on the couch. And while they're sitting on the couch, they pulled out the bag of chips. And after they eat the bag of chips, they say, I'm hungry. So they eat something else, and then what are they going to do? They're not going to sit on the couch. They're going to sprawl out on the couch, and they're going to lay on the couch. You see, I'm just having fun here. But that's the opposite of saying, you know, that's what just saying, a lion's out there. It keeps me from home. It keeps me in my house. 
Look at chapter 26. We'll look at one last verse here. Chapter 26, verse 13. Because this goes along with the last one. So the first man says, there's a lion in the street. I can't go outside. In this one, it's chapter 26, verse 13. The slothful man saith, there's a lion in the way. A lion is in the streets. You know, he knows there's a, he thinks there's a lion out there. The problem with the sloth, this slothful guy, he's not going home to get his gun to, to, to do the work. He's running to hide back at house so somebody, the plenteous guy will come along and see the problem and the need and get the work done. The hard problems of life. So we're just talking about life here. So let me get back to what really matters. Jesus Christ. He said in Luke chapter 14, verse 27, Whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Cross bearing days. You know, so we talk about the disciplined life. Okay, the disciplined life versus the undisciplined life. There's not that big a difference because... Both yield the same results, but they're backwards in, prog in prog uh, process. They're backwards. A man who says, all right, I've got a hard life ahead of me here. I've got some things I've got to do, and he has the discipline to do it. And he chooses the hard right. I will go out and face the world, and I will work hard. I will keep my body healthy. I will do, my, I will do right. Following Christ. He chose the hard at the end of his life, at the end, he has a wonderful, blessed, plenteous ending. But the one who chose to circumvent all that, they're still going to get the hard, but theirs is coming at the end when they can't even move. You see the difference? If you don't exercise when you're young, when you get old, you won't even be able to exercise. That's the difference. I, so I say to the young, I say to all of us, keep up with yourself so that you will have a good end instead of one of regrets. Because honestly, we're both hard. There's no easy way. You know, the Bible says there's a, there's a way that seemeth right unto the man in a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. You've got to watch it, what you think is right. You've got to do what Christ says, because the end thereof is not a good end. If you follow Christ, the Bible says it's life and love and purpose. There's no shortcuts that end well in life. I don't know of one. I don't know of one shortcut you can take in life and it end up good. Why do we keep trying to take a shortcut? One who runs from, all, from work. They run from work. You realize the day's going to come where they won't be able to work at all because they, did, they ran from what kept them moving? One who refuses to exercise will one day find himself not able to exercise. Movement is the key. The diligent. Choose the hard right. When I was a young boy, and I didn't understand it at the time, but they had this, they had this ad out for Fram oil filters, the orange ones. And, the, and it'd have a mechanic there. And he'd be standing there holding his, some of y'all might remember, he'd be holding his Fram oil filter and he said, hey, you can pay me now or you can pay me later, but you're going to pay. 
You can pay me to upkeep your vehicle and change your oil and get this frame on there so it'll keep your oil clean. Or you can pay me big money to fix the problem when you didn't want to do it. Pay me now or pay me later, but payments got to be made. You know, we talked about this in Sunday school. God ordained it that way, that we would work, that we would have discipline, and that's the key to blessing. That's the key to happiness. So let me summarize. We often choose what we think is the easy way. Sleeping in, snacking wrong, not putting the flesh in its place. That's hard to do, isn't it? Putting your flesh in its place is very difficult to do. But how many times have you not done that and then you have much regret later? How many times when you put your flesh in its place, you're so happy with the result afterwards? How about living in bitterness? Because that's easy. I don't have to confront the problem. I have to deal with the problem. I'll just deal with it. I'll just run from it and be bitter all my life rather than reconciliation. Which is really hard to do. But look what yields the better outcome. What brings the better end? Reconciliation every time. People who lived in bitterness their whole life, and then it went, at the end, they wasted so much of what they could have had. How about when you don't put forth your best effort in anything? Because of comfort. Because of ease. Because you can get by with it. I don't know if we should ever do anything because we can just get by with it. That's not a plenteous attitude. That's not a diligent spirit. That's not choosing the hard right which yields great benefit. And the Bible says it's not expedient. So the easy road doesn't come with comfort and ease. You know, we think that. What, the easy road, the bridge is out down there and it's a dead end. You're not getting anywhere. You have to turn around and try to find a way back to the diligence road. And maybe it's not too late. Well, it might disguise itself easier. It might disguise itself as a better for a short little while. It ends with emptiness and regret. And that sick feeling that you have and the loss and waste. The feeling of a wasted life and a squandered opportunity. You can't retrieve lost time. What's interesting, now I'm almost done, but what's interesting about the easy road is it shape shifts on you. It's looking pretty good. Man, this is a great way to go. I'm living it up. This is a And then it shape shifts into just a horrible, tortured, potholed road where the bridge is out and nothing good comes from it and becomes a very hard road to live on. You know, uh, you know when you had all those childhood dreams? And yet they never materialized? Or you're a young adult and you have some visions of what you want to do with your life, but do you have the discipline to get it done? Are you going to choose the hard right to make it happen? Or you're going to go easy and regret later. Pay me now or pay me later. You know, it's a sad reality to, that, that is left behind. But Jesus said, if you follow me, not only will you receive a hundredfold in this life, 
you'll receive a hundredfold in the life to come too. A double benefit. People think if I sell out for Christ and be a disciple of Jesus Christ, I've got to suffer my way through and lose everything. Jesus said you'll gain a hundred percent in this world and in the world to come. What a wonderful... It's the choosing of the right way. We get deceived. Thinking there's an easy way. Deuteronomy 32, 29, he says, Oh, that they were wise, that they would understand and consider their latter end. What does the Bible say in Proverbs 24? A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself. He sees the evil days coming where there's regret down the line and he hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished, the Bible says. So Jesus wanted his disciples to remember these truths. They're, they are vital for the Christian life. We know the way of the cross is hard. There's nothing about the word cross and what it represents that's easy. Jesus said, if you're not willing to take up your cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. That's what Jesus said. The way of the cross is hard. We know that. The uh, self-sacrifice and denial is suffering. We understand that. Living for a higher purpose. It's hard, but you know what? It brings a greater end. It brings a greater end. The disciples' ship, life, the disciplined life that a cross-bearing road requires. I'll tell you this, though. The glory that follows. You know, Jesus, it says in, in Hebrews 12, Jesus saw the cross before Him, and they put Him on that cross, and He endured the cross, despising the shame. Why? For the joy that was set before Him. He knew what was coming at the end. He knew He's going to sit down at the right hand of the Father in glory. That's the road. And he, he knew that, so he said, I set my face like a flint towards Jerusalem. I have foot, like a, like a shot arrow. I'm straight and true to the cross. Why? I'm willing to do it because I see the joy that follows afterward. Not the regret of not following Christ. So a disciple will learn of Jesus Christ. He said, learn of me. Boy, there's a lot to learn. Doctrine. He'll learn the Bible and learn doctrine. They'll serve. They'll sacrifice. They'll help other people. They'll work. They'll pray. They'll endure. Might suffer a little bit, but guess what? You'll receive. You'll be joint heirs with Jesus Christ in glory. So let me ask you a question as we close. Which hard would you like to choose? You know, what, what I love about the Lord is He gave us many opportunities. Which, which hard will you choose? Hard work, effort, and tenacity, perseverance, all those tough ones. Suffer some pain. What, you know, they'll, no pain, no gain. No pain, no gain. Are you going to pick regret, disappointment, loss, and disgust? And I like this. Today's the first day of the rest of our lives. Amen. We can get on this. Pick the right horde. They're both tough. One just has a better ending. And there are no do-overs once you're gone. Let's, let's bow our heads.